Welcome, everybody, to the Assuminati podcast, the podcast that explores everyday topics with the assumption that a conspiracy may be at hand. I'm Brandon. I'm Bobby. I'm Matt. Let's do this. Hey, and we're live. Welcome, welcome. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing great, Brandon. How are you? Oh, yeah. I, I'm doing, doing awesome. great now that I'm now that I'm back from outer space, guys. Welcome Good back. Good to see you too, Bobby. I'm feeling heavier since I got back you know, <laughs> here on Earth. Extra gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Right? Here, come, here comes gravity because it's back. And uh, Doesn't that lose yourself? Yeah. No, I don't know. Very good. Right. Yeah, gravity has just not been good to me. Like, I went for my physical for the first time since I was like a Boy Scout. And do you guys know, I'm no longer six feet tall. And maybe, like, everyone just lied to me for most of my life. My driver's license says I'm six feet tall. No, they measured me. They're like, you're five foot 11 and a quarter. <laughs> you shrunk. <laughs> Wrap it up, people. He figured it out. Lie. Gravity. The lie has been exposed. Oh my goodness! Uh, that's tragic, though. Six six feet, though. You know, I heard that if you do go to space, that when you come back, you're actually a little bit taller. You expand, yeah. So let's go back to space. We'll lose weight and get taller. I mean, there isn't a pill okay. on Earth that can do that. Hey, well, let's go for it. There we go. We'll look for some sponsors, or maybe uh, maybe we'll make make our own little little company there. But we'd like to welcome everybody back. And th- we thank you, speaking of the moon and outer space, for listening to our last episode. If not, go ahead and give it a quick listen. Uh, we explored one of the most popular conspiracy theories of all time. The theory that the moon landing was a hoax. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, again, please check it out. Let us know what you thought on social media. We'd like to know if you thought it was a hoax or if you thought it was a monumental achievement. I mean, it's either one or the other, right? So today, we're going to shift gears to a different topic and investigate once again another conspiracy. Another big time, this time on a world level, we're staying on Earth this time, the global banking conspiracy. This is a, this is good stuff. Have you guys heard any or, or seen anything about banks recently? This is May of 2023, by the way. Yeah, actually, there's uh, quite a bit of news, banking news and uh, out there. There's been some major banks failing, um, at least, well, I mean, not the biggest banks, but some banks have failed recently. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, we're, we've got a lot of talk about the government um, coming out with a centralized currency, that kind of thing. I mean, plenty of financial news out there. Yeah, I mean... Silicon Valley Bank, that, that hit the news pretty big. Um, other bigger banks acquiring these smaller banks. And really leads you to question, like, is, am I banking at the right institution? Does the FDIC cover me? And, you know, so I think that there's a lot of questions out there based on what's in the media. So, yeah, who knew banking could be so popular? But it affects pretty much everyone except for those few people that are the unbanked so are there still people that don't have a bank i mean surprisingly yeah mattress or something they won't tell you about it but yeah they i'm sure they're (laughs) okay well so walmart um if you go into walmart and you go up to their service stand 
they Walmart is one of the largest um, places to cash checks, mm. bigger than almost of any bank. There and is a these line people, every time I go into Walmart at that counter. So you, yeah, that makes sense. That is the unbanked right there. Interesting. Well, to each his own, I guess. Or you got the Ron Swansons of the world who has a certain amount of gold buried in his backyard. Um, I've already told you too much is what he says. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's, <laughs> there's that, uh, there's that, but you're right. The banking industry was shaken up in the spring and, and I guess late winter of 2023, there was quite a bit happening. And then as Matt mentioned, we have, the federal government of the United States coming out with a new fed now program for this summer of 2023. I recommend everybody look into that and what that means. It's going to change a little bit about the banking industry and how money is transferred, how quickly when it's available, kind of like a PayPal or a, or a Venmo, but on the federal government centralized level, it's pretty interesting stuff that could be a completely separate episode. And I think it will be maybe in the future. But uh, yeah, uh, that's just some of the highlights that kind of prompted us to look into this specific global banking conspiracy. So let's lay some groundwork. The banking industry we know plays a vital role in the global economy, but it's often shrouded in mystery and conspiracy theories. Yeah, it's been around for, I mean, banking has been around for a long time. It's been, it can be traced back to ancient civilizations even, so... Um, I think when it really started to take off, though, was during the Renaissance in, in Europe. Banking institutions mm. began to kind of pop up and emerge, and they played a crucial role in financial, uh, international trade and colonization, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if you fast forward to today, and the world's banking system is incredibly complex, there's numerous large banks controlling a significant portion of the global economy. But honestly, at the end of the day, Who's really in control? Ooh, who is in control? So that, my friends, is what we are here to explore. So without further ado, let's dive into the global banking conspiracy, at least the version that we want to cover today. This could be a topic that lasts for days and days, but we got to fit it into 30 to 45 minutes, guys. So let's let's try to, Just talk try fast. to accomplish it. Okay, the global banking industry is a... <laughs> it's like at the end of a commercial when they're trying to cover themselves. The global banking industry, though, what we're here to talk about is, as Bobby said, massive and complex with many moving parts and players. But some conspiracy theorists claim that there is a small group of powerful families who control it all. It ain't my family. No, it's the Parkers. Oh, <laughs> oh it's you. To hear that creepy. I know how you remodeled your laugh. kitchen now. Parker is one of those names, man. I can I see wish. that on the bank. Okay. That'd be nice. But no, seriously, I, I guess it is, you know, kind of a common uh, conspiracy that these big ruling families are the ones that pull the strings, influencing politics and economics behind the scenes. Kind of like the, well, I mean, we can get into that later, but. I yeah. think we will. I think we will. Yeah, and you know, it, sometimes it sounds kind of like it's coming out of a James Bond movie. Um, but there are some examples of alleged conspiratorial actions related to the banking industry. Yeah, you got that right. So one example, let's just start here, is the claim that these families have worked to create a centralized global banking system with the ultimate goal of controlling the world's finances. That's interesting. And 
Yeah, and it's not just about the money, too. Some theories um, point out and suggest that these families also have their hands in other areas of power, um, like energy, media, mm. education. Why not, right? The yeah, railroad. They... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, but, it's making a comeback, yeah. I could see yeah. some railroad power there. But, you know, it's all about consolidating power and control. Yeah, so uh, first of all, let's just mention this. It's important to note that these claims are often based on speculation and circumstantial evidence. But some people believe that these families are the driving force behind many of the world's major events and decisions. Yeah, that's definitely a compelling theory. Absolutely. So now that we kind of laid some groundwork, we have a general understanding of what we're trying to go for here. Uh, within the banking industry and its role within the global economy. Let's dive into the alleged conspiracy that a small group of powerful families, again, not mine, control the world's banking system. That's right. According to this conspiracy theory, a select few families hold an immense amount of power and influence over the global economy and politics. And not just here in the U.S., globally. Um, all through their control of the banking industry. Yeah, some of the families that I've heard mentioned as I researched this include the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the Morgans. Wow, there's some names. These families are often cited as being involved in the clandestine and conspiratorial activities, such as manipulating financial markets, creating and funding wars, yikes, and controlling politicians and governments around the world. Yeah, some people even take it a step further and claim that these families operate as a shadow government. Have you ever heard that before? Oh, okay. Um, you know, so with the w- real power lying in their hands rather than who we elect to go to Congress, our the elected illusion, officials. The illusion that we select these leaders, but in reality, these families are pulling all the strings. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, it's a, an extremely wild theory, um, but... It's gained a lot of traction over the years, and with the political divide where it is today and all that's going on, I think it's adding fuel to some of these original conspiracy theories that, you know, it doesn't matter who you vote for or whatever, but there's people behind the scenes who you may not even know who they are that are pulling all the purse strings to get what they need to have happen, happen. And it's not just ordinary people. This is... There's some notable people, notable figures within our society as well as the world society who have spoken out about the alleged power of these families. They're not afraid to go after these Rockefellers and Morgans and Parkers of the world. (laughs) But, you know, some some of those people that have come out and expressed um, that opinion have been kind of labeled. You know, they get the whole, well, he's, you know, tinfoil hat kind of a thing. For example, um, Ron Paul, remember him? Demonized. He expressed his Absolutely. belief in the, yeah, I mean, yep. we, we all know Ron Paul, right? Yep. Um, but he, he came out with his belief that this is an actual conspiracy theory. And he said something like, there's no doubt about it. The concentration of power in the banking system is very strong. Something like that. Okay. I can't give you a, a time or a place that he said that, but apparently he. Uh, That's something we can look up, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah said it somewhere. Um, but and author and researcher David and I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Like, is it Icky? Is it Ick? I'm gonna go with Icky. I'm gonna go with Icky. Yeah, <laughs> David I, Icky. So it's I C K E. I, I, like I know Icky. who he is. I've seen I, I've seen I videos, too. but I don't know how to. How pronounce does he his pronounce name. his name? 
I don't uh, think he introduces himself in the videos I've seen. Let's just call it Icky. I like that. Yeah, I'm going to go with Icky. And David, if you're listening and we're mispronouncing your name, we'd love to have you on a future episode. Please, please correct um, us in person. Where yes. we can talk to you. Um, but anyways, um, author and researcher David Icky has written extensively on this topic. Um, he claims that these families are a part of a larger global conspiracy to control and manipulate the population. Wow. So now it's important to note, now I'm not trying to be the consistent downer here, but not everybody agrees with this theory, and many see it as nothing more than a baseless speculation. Just keep that in mind, guys. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds do not agree with this theory. I'm sure the they Parkers. don't. And the Parkers. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> No, that's true, though. Um, I think the critics of the theory would argue that the global banking system is is just too complex and diverse uh, to be controlled by just a few families. Um, and mm. if you consider all the checks and balances in place to prevent that kind of control, uh, it makes sense that that would be their argument. Yeah, I would just say with all the financial regulations out there, the different audits banks go through, there's so many people involved. I find it in today's society would be very hard for just a small group of elite families to control things. I do find more credence in it historically, though, in the beginning, that there may have been some really wealthy families that were behind it, and they benefited from how things were set up. But nowadays, we're probably so far removed from that that it may not be as true. And additionally... There's really no concrete evidence to support the idea that there's a shadow government or a deliberate attempt to control the world's economy and politics outside of Hollywood. So you, you both make great points because that's where my mind goes is there's too many people involved for uh, just a few families to have all of the power here. That's definitely where my, my mind went. But, you know, the banking industry does play a critical role in our global economy, which does make it an easy target for conspiracy theories. It's hard to argue that. Yeah, exactly. And when you have a small group of families that are already controlling so much wealth and power, it's really natural um, to wonder what kind of influence they may have on our world. Mm. So who are these families again and allegedly controlling the world's banking system? Can we dive further into those families? Yeah, I already told you, uh, the Parkers. Okay, yeah, tell uh, us just, about the Parkers, Parkers and their influence on the global just, economy. Okay. I wish, I wish. That'd be nice. Are no, you the this... P in J.P. Morgan? <laughs> or is there something? I wish. Okay. I wonder what the P is. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but one family that comes to mind... Uh, and is often mentioned is the Rothschild family. Mm. Um, so you kind of look at their history dating back through the 18th century. They've been accused of having a vast amount of wealth and influence, which they allegedly use to control governments and manipulate financial markets. Wow. Yeah. And another family that comes up often in these conspiracy theories is the Rockefellers. If you've ever heard of them, oh, yeah. Rockefeller Center. Probably the um, most famous family. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they're they're quite famous on on the East Coast. You hear about them quite a bit, and I think in, in New York and things. But they made their fortune in oil, and they've also been involved in banking for many many generations. The Rockefellers have been accused of being part of a secret elite group that controls global events. 
Wow. So what what type of evidence can we give the people here? Are there any bits of evidence or, or maybe even some connections that we can point to here? Well, no concrete proof, obviously, because it, would, it wouldn't just be a conspiracy to be like history, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, but there are some interesting connections uh, that have been noted before. For example, some of these families that have been involved in um, international organizations like the Bilderberg Group. So whenever I hear that name, I, I think of Did you say uh, Build-A-Bear? Yes. Yeah. The, the Build-A-Bear Build Group. The Build-A-Bear Group. And Council on Foreign Relations. Yes, the Build-A-Bear. I yeah. thought there was something up with that Build-A-Bear Group. <laughs> it's it's shady. Yeah. No, from what I know, I mean, they, they, they are known for their high-level meetings. They go out into the forest and, and do uh, <laughs> weird stuff, according to Alex Jones. Uh, the Bilderberg, for those people wanting to Google something fun. Yes, yeah, the Bilderberg. Not build Bilderberg. a bear. <laughs> build a bear is okay. You can and have a nice afternoon. Who with knows? Maybe build a bear yes, is in clear on it, too. Your, it could be. Clear your afternoon for both, okay? Go grab yourself a bear and Google the Bilderberg. Go group. to a Bilderberg group meeting and then don't do that finish it up with a build a bear you wouldn't yeah building okay. a bear <laughs> okay okay well, yeah keep keep us going there whoa what else can we know about this there are also examples of alleged conspiratorial actions like the bailouts of banks during the 2008 financial crisis some of you may remember that yeah. some believe that these bailouts were orchestrated by these powerful families to maintain their control over the global financial system. Wow. And more recently, the failure of Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic Bank. Big news. These have been all over the recent news. Big news. Yeah. I, I and what a great deal the other banks that came in to save them got adding asset to their balance sheet for pennies on the dollar. Oh, good deal. On that note, we've established some of the alleged control these families have over the banking system. But what's their link to global politics and economics. What do you think of that? Well, it's believed that these families, that they use their wealth and their influence to manipulate governments and shape policies that will benefit them and their financial interests. Exactly, Bobby. They're often accused of playing both sides of the political spectrum, investing in both the left and the right-wing candidates for parties to ensure that they have control no matter who's in power. Oof. Obviously. Way to play both sides. Golly. So does that help, uh, you know, just for our, our listeners, does that influence the economy? Uh, what are some of the ways it does that? Well, these families allegedly, they have a hand in everything. This is from the stock markets to interest rates. They can use their financial power to sway markets and even manipulate currencies for their own gain. And more often than anything, like they know, well, they're well connected. They know people can I just pick up the phone and call the chairman of the Fed? Can I call a powerful congressman to help push a law forward? So I think there's a lot to be said that, you know, if you're powerful and you have money, that you your influence can get things done. And let's not forget about their alleged involvement in, wor in the world of international finance. Yeah, so not just exclusive to nationally, but internationally, uh, including shadow banking and offshore tax havens. Ooh, shady, shady. So that's quite the complex web of connections there, guys. It's no wonder so many people find it hard to trust the banking system. Yeah, but this is really no reason to go make a run on the bank. 
We don't want you going to your local bank and saying, I heard on the Assuminati podcast I could pull I should pull my money out, because that is exactly the opposite of what we're trying to say. Don't put your cash in your mattress. It's important to remember that not all banks and bankers are part of this alleged conspiracy. And honestly, I would say nowadays there may not be a conspiracy, but it's fun to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. That was the purpose, right? Yeah. It's easy to generalize and assume that all banks are no up to no good. You know, you can just kind of paint them with the same brush, but the truth is that the vast majority of people working in the industry, in the banking industry, just trying to do their job, provide for their families. Yeah. I feel that. And the, the, the picture that we paint of banking and the bankers and the CEOs, uh, their kids go to the same schools as the Fed chairman and they go to the same country clubs and they attend the same parties. And, and it's all just this shadow network, like we mentioned earlier, shadow banking and, and just one big conspiracy. But it's important to separate fact from fiction especially when our beliefs and, and, and evidence are involved here. So no speculation, just uh, I think it's important to separate. <laughs> it's easy for you to say, Brandon. You're not the one with the tinfoil hat on your head. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with a healthy dose of skepticism, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. So it's important to note, once again, that these alleged conspiracies aren't just limited to secret meetings and hidden agendas. There are specific events that are often cited as evidence. This is where it kind of gets fun, and these are fun to Google and look into. Uh, they support this global banking conspiracy. All right, so you know, previously we talked about how in 2008 there was bailouts of the banks, and many people believe that the big banks were responsible for the crisis and they were bailed out by governments at the expense of taxpayers. It's been suggested that these banks were just too big to fail and that the government had no choice but to step in to prevent a complete collapse of the financial market. Yeah, and that's not all. There's also the Federal Reserve System, uh, which is often accused of being a tool uh, of the global banking elite. Um, you know, as I like to call it, the Federal Reserve Cartel. Um, the Fed is re responsible for monetary policy in the United States and has the power to create money out of thin air, which That's is seen as dangerous. Now. Yeah, concentration of power. So it's backed by nothing. Anyway, just consider uh, that. Just the word of the government is all that's backing some of that. True. So that's where like somebody like the World Bank... And International Monetary Fund, there's some big names for you, and another often cited example. Uh, these institutions are accused of using their power to manipulate the economies of developing countries. So they're picking on the little guy for the benefit of the global banking elite. Right. And there are allegations that these organizations, they require countries to implement certain economic policies, like austerity measures as a condition for receiving loans. This can lead to social and economic instability and can be seen as a way to control the economies of these countries. Those bullies. Mm. Yeah. Hey, let's not forget about the alleged role of central banks uh, in creating inflation and devaluing currencies. Some people believe that this is a deliberate strategy to keep people in debt um, and therefore maintain the power of the global banking elite. Yeah, we've all seen the news and felt the impacts of the many interest rate adjustments over the past years the Fed has tried to calm down inflation. 
Mm. So uh, these were some pretty good examples of the alleged banking uh, conspiratorial actions and events related to the banking industry. I think those were pretty good. Now, while the conspiracy theory of global banking controlled by the few powerful families might sound plausible to some, there are some counter arguments we like to, to hit and, and pieces of evidence to potentially debunk this theory to really crash the party. Yeah, I can get us started there. I think one argument against the theory is the fact that the global banking industry is highly regulated um, by various government bodies and agencies. So it would be extremely difficult for any single group to have com- complete control over it. Yeah, plus there are many different types of banks, from there's small local banks to large multinational corporations. There's even credit unions out there. And each have their own interests. They have their own agendas. It's highly unlikely that a small group of families could exert total control over all of them. Mm, that's kind of where my mind was going. Great points. Another thing to consider, once again, I'll bring this up again, the the world economy is highly complex. So there's a lot of different factors out there to consider. As of late, a lot of technological advancements. We've seen it highlighted by uh, natural disasters. We've seen banking industries take some hits and, and some things have been exposed with some of these events, as well as politics, political decisions. Uh, it's everywhere. Yeah, not just about banks and financial institutions, but also the actions of governments and businesses uh, all around the world. So to suggest that a few families could have complete control over all of those factors seems unrealistic. Yeah, And let's not forget the, the role of competition in the market. Banks and financial institutions, they're constantly vying for customers. They're trying to outdo each other. This competition has to make it difficult for any one entity to have complete control over the entire industry. You know what? Let's dive into that just real quick. So let's shift our attention to the role of regulations and oversight in the banking industry just to really hit this topic home. I think it's important to do so. Okay. So it's no secret that the banking industry is heavily regulated. Governments all around the world have created laws and agencies to ensure the banks operate in safe and sound manner. Um, And they're not engaging in in the in any, well, I tripped over my words there, in any illegal or unethical behavior. Yeah, and while it's not a perfect system, the regulations and the oversight in place, they do have a provide a level of accountability that can help prevent some of the conspiratorial actions that we've discussed today. Yeah, in fact, in 2008, we, we keep mentioning 2008 and how big of an event that was, but it really was. I mean, as far as banking and a, a pivotal moment to look back on, uh, the financial crisis of 2008 was a true turning point in the banking industry, leading to increased regulatory scrutiny and oversight. This was a big deal that came out of that. Now, while some may argue regulations can stifle innovation and growth, they also serve as a, uh, kind of an essential purpose in ensuring that the industry operates in the best interest of, the so- of society as a whole. Yeah, so here in the United States... Um, we have what's called the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and I know you guys are are super familiar with this, as as am I. But the CFPB um, is an agency like others that are supposed to help ensure that customers or consumers are not being taken advantage of by the banking industry, uh, and that their rights are being protected. 
Well, well, that was a great point, Matt. The banking industry has a significant impact on people's lives, and it's essential that they have a voice in the process. While there may be some truths that the allegations of a global banking conspiracy, the regulations and oversight in place serve to provide a level of accountability and should prevent illegal or unethical behavior, or at least expose it at some point. So, you know, it's really as consumers and citizens, um, I think people need to stay informed about what's going on in the industry. I think it's important to, you know, when you see a news article about a bank to read it. Um, but at the same point, you don't want to do what happened to Silicon Valley bank where, you know, somebody influential made a comment about it and all these people went and made a run on the bank. Like that's bad. Um, and, and I think that, you know, if you look in history, you know, the great depression, there was runs on banks. And so you should just, you know, trust in the system a little bit, um, to prevent downfall of everything. Yeah. I think it's important to give the banking system, the global banking system, it's due here. Let's give them some props. We've spent a good amount of time discussing the alleged negative impact but it's important to acknowledge the positivity here, some of the contributions of, to the global economy. So the banking system as a whole plays a crucial role, guys, in, in facilitating economic growth and development through the provision of credit and financing, something we all benefit from. Yeah, absolutely. Banks do provide essential services that help businesses and individuals access their funds without relying on just tucking that in your mattress, right? Mm. Um They also help uh, people manage their money and invest in new projects. Yeah, and banks have a huge contribution to job creation, innovations. Many entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, say this word, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. Is it French? It is French. It would be. All right. Well, and many people who are looking to start a business, they rely on the banks to get funding to grow that business. That in turn creates employment opportunities. It drives economic growth. So I think it's critical that there's institutions out there to lend money um, to grow the economy. And not just here in the U.S., but it, facilita- it facilitates international trade. I mean, that's a big, big deal. And investments, they provide letters of credit and other financial services that, that we really don't have time to go into right now. But on an international level, this is a big deal. It connects businesses around the world, promotes global economic development, even for some of those smaller countries that we talked about. Yeah, I think another positive aspect of the banking system is its role in promoting financial literacy um, and education. That's something that they don't really teach a whole lot in schools these days. It's a shame. It's a shame. So, yeah. you know, a lot of banks will offer educational resources and services to help people understand and manage their finances. Yeah. And, you know, not that we want to go down this rabbit hole, but why isn't financial literacy taught in school being that it could be one of the most important skills that you need to go out in, in the world? It should probably be taught. People should know not only how to you know balance a checkbook, but to know more about the stock market, how to invest, how to save some money. I think that's important. I can come out of high school knowing that the mitochondria 
is the powerhouse of the cell, but I can't do my own taxes or balance a checkbook. Like I, I think, I, I guess balancing the checkbook, that's a bad example. A Who checkbook? You still Who does use that? checks? What is a checkbook? I but, uh... actually had to write three checks yesterday. <laughs> I had a hard balance... time finding my checkbook. Do you balance the checkbook, though? I mean, no. maybe you know. Yeah, I use an app. Anymore. I have an app for that where <laughs> like, I'm pretty <laughs> on top of it, but... I kid you not, like, I had to go find the checkbook, I had to find a pen, and I don't know how I just happened to be dealing with three companies recently <laughs> that all, the only way to pay them was through check or cash. Um, but, you know, there I think that there's a lot of flaws and issues with the banking system. I mean, if you've heard of, you know, some banks that have gotten penalized for, for actions, um whether you think that that bank really did it or, you know, it's just government overreach. Um, I think that what you hear leads to people's starting to have a lack of faith in, in it. Um, but even with all those flaws and the issues that you hear about, the, the bank in the industry as a whole provides benefits and services um, to the global economy. It's co- a complex system and we should be striving to overcome the shortcomings um, but you can't forget that like the world would not be what it is today without bankers and the industry as a whole. Yeah, it's it's crazy. We we learn what they want us to learn. And uh yeah, it's it'd be nice if we, we came out of high school with a little bit more a little bit more education related to this. I think so we'd be less maybe be less. that's the conspiracy. Like what if these elite families do not want you educated? Because if the the masses were educated, it might be, if this conspiracy is true, but if the masses were educated, it might be harder to pull the wool over people's eyes of what's really going on. It, it's a conspiracy I've believed in since I was that age. I, I truly believe there's something going on. Maybe we can tackle that in another, in another episode. Yeah, the education, education. Sure. influence within education would be an interesting topic. Because you're right, it's easier to put somebody into debt who is uneducated in the financial world. It's easier to trick them into taking on debt and uh, yeah, to misuse some of these financial avenues. We keep going there. It's easy to get caught up in the negative aspects of the banking industry, but we've got to take, we, we must remember at least to take a balanced view and acknowledge the positive impact it's had on the world. So gentlemen, if this conspiracy theory were true, it could and it may have already had significant consequences for the people all around the world. Yeah, I think it would manipulate global economies and make decisions that benefit their own interests at the expense of the general population. That's basically just restating what you said, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, if these conspiracies were true, I, I think you'd have to question all these regulations and the oversight that's meant to protect the public, you know, are they just being ignored? Are they being undermined? And is that leading to a lack of transparency and accountability? Yeah, that's true. I, as far as it's not just the banking system, but any organization or any part of culture, if there's a concentration of power in the hands of a few, it can and will often lead to corruption and unethical behavior. I think we've seen that across the board in society. 
So it's important to note that there are regulatory bodies and watchdogs, as they call them, that have oversight measures in place to prevent these abuses of power. Yeah, and I think further, you know, we we can't get or paint the entire industry with the same brush. We've, we've said this before, or I used that before, but there's plenty of people that are inside the banking system um, working tirelessly to make positive contributions um, to the economy and society. Yeah, I think it's definitely more like the majority of people involved in the financial markets and in the banking industry are trying to do the right things, find ways to help consumers. Earlier, I talked about the unbanked and all the people that are just, you know, cashing their checks. And there's institutions out there actively looking at how can we help these people? How can we help them? And I think that that's critical to growing the economy. And so there's so many positive aspects of it. I think it's a lot of fun to talk about the conspiracy and maybe these families from, you know, world's past really benefited from how it was set up. But nowadays, I mean, it's really hard to think that they're driving this anymore. The The bus is too full. Oh, okay. So without banks, I think what we're concluding here, our modern economy really wouldn't be possible without banks. Gone are the days where I can hand you a goat to secure a loan. Bartering and trading would be a little bit harder today. Although, may I give you 10 goats to fix my fence? Yeah, it might be making a comeback. Is that where you're thinking, Bobby? What? Yeah, like, have you heard of the people that will be like, okay, I have this pen, and I'm going to go and trade it for something that's just slightly better, and they keep trading up, and mm -hmm. eventually, like, they have this new car. And, the, like, I thought it would be fun to try that sometime. The youth of my neighborhood did that last year. It was funny. All of a sudden, I had somebody... I, I had the garage open. I was working on something and, hey, what do you have that we can trade? Or I handed them like a pair of old scissors. And I think they took that to my next door neighbor and got something even better. And yeah, it's funny. It's fun to, to look at that. But without the global banking system, really a modern economy really can't exist. It's fun to to think about the days of barter and, and, and the trading and the value. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned goats and bartering and, you know, you know, from back in the days of barter and trade, you know, Mahana, you ugly being a 10 cow wife, someone else had 20 cows, but you know, this, the implications of a few elite families, um, controlling the entire banking industry and the majority of the wealth, you know, that would lead to an uneven distribution of wealth and power with just a small group of families. And you're probably saying, yeah, but what about the 1%? They control like way more of the wealth than everyone else. And okay. Yeah. Got me there. <laughs> that's, that's tough to argue, right? There are definitely elites and they definitely have power. So that that's, uh, you know, there might be something as far as just a few families having all the power, I think that's what we've covered well today. And speaking of fact from fiction, I mean, gentlemen, what, what's your overall opinion on, on this uh, a few families controlling the entire banking industry? Uh, what do we think? Yeah, I think after going over all of the, um, the evidence and what we've seen, 
um, with all of the regulations everywhere and just the size of the market, I think it's virtually impossible for any one family or any two or five families to have that much power and control these days. That's my opinion. I feel like maybe back in the early days when banking was young and there might've been just one or two or, you know, a handful of rich families then maybe, but these days it feels like, um, it's so highly regulated that it would be just near impossible to have just a, uh, you know, a handful of families controlling everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Matt. And I don't think they even need to anymore. I mean, the, the beginning families who started the banking industry and had a lot of money in it, they've made their money They're you know, they have lasting, um, wealth through the generations. And so, you know, they probably don't need to be spending time, you know, controlling it and being the puppet masters. Like that would take a lot of energy and they're, they're probably just in, enjoying their yachts and, you know, doing their thing. But at the same point, I think there's a lot to be said of there are families that have had wealth throughout time that are set up for success and, I think the average consumer and person working hard could look at, you know, that's unfair. And I don't think it's necessarily the banking industry. I think it would be more like, should we do an episode on politics and how laws are set up, such as why is earned income taxed higher than, you know, income I've just invested that's passive? Capital and gains. yeah. Things like that. So I think that's where the real, I don't know if it's too strong to say the real conspiracy, but I think if anything's being manipulated, it'd be through politics, not necessarily the banking industry. And that's where my opinion lies. I, I just looked up this before the episode. Uh, 32 of the largest banks and four trade groups, uh, they have collectively spent $22 million on lobbying or influencing lawmakers just in the first quarter of 2023 alone. And that's up from 18.4 million last year. So there's been a 19% increase year over year on lobbying from the banking industry to Washington. So what's going on there? That, that little wet the whistle for the next, <laughs> if we decide to tackle that type of a topic, or if they decide to help us disappear Maybe we've talked about too much today, gentlemen. What do you think? They've got a lot of money. They were involved in banking through the ages. Um, but I don't think we really revealed anything like mind-blowing that would be mind-blowing evidence they're doing this other than people have talked about this for a long time that these wealthy families may be controlling it. I, for one, I don't believe it. I, I, I think they're just wealthy and everybody hates people that are wealthy. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's important yeah. to uh, the Rockefellers, for example, they've contributed, contributed a lot to society <clears> as <throat> far as donations and, and uh, foundations. And their name is on almost every building in downtown New York uh, for a reason. I mean, they highly influential. They did use some of their money for good and continue to do so. So, and uh, again, you can make your own arguments. You can Google and, and do your own research here. But uh, that kind of brings us to the end of our episode this week on the Assuminati Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed our exploration of the global banking conspiracy. And we encourage you again to research and form your own 
opinions on the topic. Yep, consider all sides, keep an open mind, and, you know, just examine the evidence and separate fact from fiction like we try to do. Uh, Gentlemen, it was a pleasure. Have a good night. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Assuminati Podcast. Remember, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast streaming services. Be sure to hit that like button. We recommend subscribing with notifications so you don't miss an episode. And be sure, of course, to share with your friends. We'd also love to interact with you on social media as we post and prepare for our weekly episodes. Until next time on the Assuminati Podcast. start huh start this let me just look at the intro here oh my Um, gosh rebranding you were responding to a podcast page and they said what's something that you do every podcast or what's what's and you said remind the host (laughs) to hit record (laughs) it's something we (laughs) something we do every (laughs) i was hoping that would get some laughs all right that didn't really sound very natural (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just going to say that real time. Like, were you reading from someone else's notes that you can't, like, read their handwriting? Basically. Oh, that was good. Okay, so let, let me try that one more time. Don't say my name. Okay, that's right. No, 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 no. And many see it as... Oh, let me do that again. So, <laughs> I, I had a Matt moment there. Let's see. <laughs> oh boy. See, yeah, it ain't as name. easy as it looks. It ain't easy being green. <laughs> okay. All right. The benefit them and their financial interests. Exactly. Can I really yeah. say that? Because I don't oh, know sure. how to pronounce interest. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I Matt's rubbing off on me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I did kind of throw us off. That's a great point I just made. Man, it sure was. Did we lose him? I don't know. Oh, you're on mute, you fool. <laughs> Sorry. It's clearing oh my, my throat and got <laughs> oh, mute. I'm like, what the heck? Is he not getting my hints? This is That's a new a tip for podcasters. Point. When you mute, come off mute. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right, this okay. is funny. All right. <laughs>